You're listening to Club Management. I'm your host, Shannon Dawson, and this is episode 15. If you're just tuning into the podcast, you can catch us always on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash clubmanagement1. We're also on Mixcloud at mixcloud.com slash clubmanagement1. Type us in on Google, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, and on iTunes, Club Management, and you can find us all around. Um, yes, episode 15. I wanted to do something a little bit different. Hopefully my sound quality is okay and the sounds of New York aren't interrupting us again. <laughs> um, I wanted to do something different for this episode because I don't have a guest this week, but I still wanted to, you know, deliver a show um, and just kind of talk about how I've been feeling. Because I've been checking in on everybody else, but I forgot to check in with myself a little bit. Um, And I'm currently under this uh, kind of mandated quarantine that's happening in New York City. Um, Well, it's not mandated, but a lot of people and enthusiasts and the mayor, the governor are saying stay indoors. So I'm in a bit of a self-imposed quarantine, if you will. Um, I've been very nervous about this whole situation, um, uncertain about when I'll be able to return to Chongqing, which has been literally my home for the last four years, um, of my life. Um, all my friends, all my belongings are back there. All my personal documents are back in my apartment in Chongqing. So I've been feeling a lot of anxiety about you know, leaving all of those things behind. And I know they're things, but, you know, they make up a big part of our lives. Um, So I'm, yeah, really just uncertain about what to do in terms of how I go back or, you know, how long this thing is going to last. So I just wanted to take this time to just kind of share and vent with you what I've been thinking, what I've been going through, um, and also share with you Uh, my experience actually going to get tested for COVID-19, which was, let me tell you, crazy, really crazy. Um, Let's start there. Let's start with actually going to get tested. So me and my mom, we were kind of worried. We were experiencing some of the symptoms um, associated with the virus. Um, And we, you know, we thought it upon of ourselves to just kind of go to the hospital, see what was going on to make sure that we were negative. But if we were positive, we could take the necessary steps to protect anyone that has come into contact with us. Um, so we, we go to the hospital and for the safety of this, I'm not going to say which hospital, um, but we go to the hospital and at first things kind of were done professionally. Um, the lady puts us into two separate rooms. We're waiting around for the nurses to do the standard, take your temperature, um, take your uh, blood pressure, your vitals and all that. So super good so far. Um, I then go to tell the nurse, you know, I've had this travel history being in China um, over the last four years. I mean, I came back in January, but you know, who knows, is there a possibility that I could be asymptomatic? Um, and it's funny because when I first got back to New York, which was around January 20th, I had went to the same hospital, you know, kind of complaining about respiratory issues. Always, I mean, it never fails. I always get a, um, sinus infection around this time of year with the change of weather. 
but I was just freaking out. I didn't know what to do. Um, so when I first came to New York, they gave me antibiotics, but I thought like maybe it didn't clear up or maybe I have the virus and just don't know. Or I could have possibly contracted it being in New York City with the cases rising here. You know, I just wanted to make sure. I was immediately greeted with an attitude from the nurse. Uh, and basically he, he said, well, you know, you don't have a recent travel history. It has to be within 14 days. Um, and you saying that you came back January 20th. There's no way, you know, like we're not going to test you. Even though I'm telling him I'm having the symptoms. I feel like I have a fever. I've been coughing, a runny nose. I'm having these aches too, you know, like let me know what's going on. Um, immediately just kind of cut off by the nurse saying, listen, we cannot test you. You have not been in China recently. You know, you have, your, your symptoms don't sound dire enough for you to have a test. Um, and he kind of walked out and shut the door behind him. So I'm immediately just left there really perplexed. You know, if someone is saying to you, I feel sick, I'm exhibiting the same symptoms. Wouldn't the common sense in you kick in and say, listen, you know, let's, let's, let's like not dismiss this person. They're really not feeling well. Um, let's go ahead and give them a test anyways. So, you know, I'm already angry. I'm trying to keep composure because my mom is like super sick. I mean, she is really, really sick at this point in time. Um, and so I go into her room and you know, I left the door open intentionally so this nurse could hear it because he was sitting at the front desk, which was literally right across from my mom's room. And I said, listen, these guys are saying they're not going to test us, you know, and, and we're exhibiting the symptoms and they're really not going to test us. And she's like, what? They didn't tell me that yet. So, you know, they hadn't gotten to my mom yet. So I got there before them. Immediately, he interrupts me. He's like, hold on, let us go through our options. We're not sure quite yet. Uh, I'm, I'm going to call someone, make some calls and see if we can test you guys. And, you know, my um, I was just starting to think to myself, if he hadn't uh, realized that me and my mom were together, because, I mean, he wasn't in the room, you know, when we first initially got admitted into the doctor's office, if he didn't realize that me and my mom were together, maybe... We wouldn't have got tested at all if I didn't advocate for myself to be tested. I mean, it literally had me boiling. And I told them, frankly, you know, if we can't get these tests and we walk out here, I'm going to hold all of you liable for this, you know? Um, so it literally took me having to escalate the situation for them to even consider giving us a test. Um... And so, long story short, we finally get the test. Um, for those that are interested in knowing what it entails, so basically, the doctor takes a swab, a cotton swab, and they stick it up your nose. They stick it very, very far up your nose, which is so uncomfortable, leaves your nose feeling really burny, uh, but that's what they need to do in order to get the mucus and, I guess, to detect the virus. Um, and... I kid you not, the, the doctor who came in to take my swab test literally came like tiptoeing. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh because this is not a funny situation, but it just kind of, it's just kind of a testament to the lack of 
care and like the lack of uh, professionalism when it comes to handling this virus. And I, and I can't necessarily blame the doctors because obviously there's some sort of higher up that's giving them these, you know, the information needed to, to deal with this thing. But um, it just... It's just pure unprofessionalism. The lady comes literally tiptoeing into the uh, into the room, and she looks like she doesn't even want to get near me. And I'm like, "Are you okay? Like, what's going on?" She's like, "Honestly, I'm scared." And I flat out asked her, "I was like, have they been giving you the proper protocols to deal with this virus?" And she's like, "No, you know, we we don't know." what we're dealing with here. So quite frankly, I, quite frankly, I'm scared too, <laughs> which I was like, okay, you know, it, as, as frustrating as that was, there was a bit of humanity in that moment that we we're both scared individuals. She's scared of possibly contracting this virus, being in the same room as me. And I'm scared that I have it, you know? There is humanity in this situation and, and that's what really brought me back to a sense of composure and peace is that, you know, not all of this is about me. There are healthcare workers literally on the front lines, literally sacrificing their own lives to help in the fight against this thing. So it really humbled me. And, uh, you know, she was able to get the job done at the end of the day. And the test, thankfully, both me and my mom are negative. Uh, and I'm happy. I'm really blessed to be saying that um, because obviously the situation has been a lot worse for many people around the world Um, and my heart, my heart, my heart, my heart goes out to everybody that's really been affected by this in China, in Italy, uh, right here in my city of New York. Um, I really, 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 really hope that all of this is over and that we can come back strong because so many people's situations are up in the air right now. So, yeah, I thought it was important to share some music during this time because uh, every day that I've been home, it's the same depressing news. It's the same depressing posts on social media. I've been having to find myself, uh, you know, just detach from everything. And Instagram used to be one of the best places for me, you know, I took time out last year to kind of curate my Instagram so I wouldn't have to see a whole bunch of crap. I followed people that make me feel good. Um, I follow artists and bands and producers that I love. Uh, but now even those things that I used to seek, you know, refuge and happiness in are kind of getting tainted with this coronavirus news. So I want to leave this off here and just talk about music from here on out, I don't want to talk anything about the virus anymore because I've been on virus overload and it's really increasing my anxiety. Um, so let's talk about some music. Today's show, I wanted to share music from artists that are from the Asian diaspora, um, artists that are from China, Korea, um, and that are from different places around the Asian diaspora that I think are making amazing music. So the first track that I'm going to play is a track from DJ Cool Clone. Uh, He's a producer that's released some stuff off of uh, Eating Music. It's a dope label out of Shanghai, um, playing around with all kinds of different sounds. Uh, But 
he's got a very heavy production style, a lot of side chain, very reminiscent of what's coming out of the LA beat scene or like early 90s premiere type flow. It's really, really dope. This song in particular is called Crack Clouds Over Hell's Kitchen, which is funny because Hell's Kitchen is in New York. Wonder if he's been there. Let's have a listen. How do you feel now? Really, really, really sick track. Um, I've been following Eating Music for a while now, and I mean, just incredible releases that they have. Um, if you listen to episode 14 with Nofa, um, his Nothing Nil EP is off of Eating Music. Um, they've also got another dope track from an artist by the name of uh, Fish Doll. Firefly is an amazing track. Um, and that whole Earplugs EP by DJ Cool Clone is sick. Uh, it's a collaboration between him and another producer by the name of Farragol. Um, all of it is just heavily sampled, beautifully constructed, beautifully composed with these amazing hip-hop beats. So go check that out on Eating Music's label. I'll have the Bandcamp link posted at the end of the show. The next track that we're going to go into is a track from a rapper by the name of Bloods Boy from Beijing. Um, actually, I tried to get him for a club management episode, but he's really cool. He seems to be in his own little world. He's a vinyl collector, uh, a sick-ass rapper, and um, he's doing things really quite different. Bloods Boy brings a different flair to the scene. He plays around with a lot of different genres. He's got like this indie rock song that he just came out with, with Darcy Bayless, which is super sick, called Loose Ends. Um, And he's got some more like mellow, trap, moody kind of, uh, you know, angsty songs um, that he's released. Um, This is one of them. This one is called... Uh, this one, the name is in Chinese, so let me see if I can translate it with a little Chinese that I know. Ah, shi something boo, 
something wash young something okay i can't i can't, <laughs> I can't translate it all uh, but it looks like the english the english title of this is the future i wanted was gone with cat soup so listen to this Blood's Boy has definitely been on my radar. And he's a sick vinyl collector. Um, he's been posting a lot on Twitter about his vinyl collection. He uh, was kind of telling his followers that he can spend nearly up to 2000 USD on buying vinyl. I hope he's actually selling it too because then he can make so much um, money. He had like a Twilight Zone vinyl of like scores from Twilight Zone. I think he has Jimmy World in his collection. Also some really great like Japanese city pop um, stuff too. It's really cool. So shout out to him for having the, the sick vinyl collection. Um, and I hope that we can get him on soon to the show to have a chat with him because it'd be interesting to hear his mindset about uh, what's going on. Next track that we're going to play is a track from a group out of South Korea by the name of Bombing Tiger. I actually got hip to Bombing Tiger from Eastern Margins. Eastern Margins is a dope collective label out of the UK, but they showcase a lot of what's going on within the Asian diaspora and the artists that are truly putting on uh, for their collective scenes. Um, and they just recently did a Keep Hush performance out in London with the Eastern Margins team. And I was like, oh man, I gotta dig deeper into their music. So this is a track from Bombing Tiger. The song is called Songs for Abyss. 
this track so much but maybe because there's all these different arrangements and uh breaks and then i don't know it just sounds awesome um i'm really excited to see these these cats grow i think they're going to be amazing uh it looks like they were scheduled to do some sort of tour a euro tour but i wonder if that's still going on with all this mess um but yeah it'll be interesting to see how they grow forward and now for the last track of the podcast, I know the music goes by so fast, um, but I want to share one more track with you. This last track is from an artist out of Shanghai by the name of, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. I'm always the worst. I feel like anyone who's listened to the show and has listened to me say their artist's name is probably like, this chick has got it all wrong. <laughs> Um, from an artist named Sansan, E-M-Y-B-W. The song is called Golem, but it's a remix by Zoot Zoot. Uh, Zoot Zoot is an artist off of Nafi. It's a really great label out of Mexico. Um, so yeah, if you are following Nafi, you should probably know a lot about Subcult then because the two tend to cross collaborate a lot. Um, but yes, just to give you a little bit of backstory about Subcult, they've been doing a lot of dope stuff since like 2013 in Shanghai. Um, and I'm just getting hip to them like recently. Uh, but the label is kind of dedicated to experimenting with uh, this deconstructed club music that's really gained a lot of popularity in China um, over the last couple of years. Uh, but they are pioneering that sound 
And this artist in particular um, really plays around with all kinds of sounds. Industrial, you've got clashes, you've got, I don't know, things that just sound like they live in some sort of other world. You know, like they live in a some sort of post-apocalyptic film. Um, so she definitely makes music for the time that we're living in now. Um, but I love it. This is a remix, though, from Zoot Zoot. Have a listen to this. Coming out of Sansan, 
EMYBW's track entitled Golem. This is the Zut Zut or Zoot Zoot remix. Um, I feel like I'm really butchering that name. I really don't know if that's <laughs> if it's Zut Zut or Zoot Zoot. Someone, if you're listening to this podcast, definitely just put a little tidbit in the comments and let me know if I'm pronouncing this song right. Um, but a really, really stellar track. Um, Subcult in particular, they've been having a fantastic year with great releases and this summer they're going to be making their deck mental debut sign emybw i think gabber modus operandi and hyphy are going to be performing at the festival so so really excited to see them heading overseas and spreading the subcult sound it'd be great to see them come to north america too can't wait for that cannot wait for that because i think that um China's music scene really gets overlooked and there's so many key players and so many heavy artists, musicians, producers that are coming out of that place that like it needs to be heard. So I'm glad to see the success of Subcult and can't wait to see what they're going to do in the future. Um, But listen to this. This playlist does not stop here. I'm going to do a full playlist up on um, a page that I have created with Currents FM. It's a really awesome platform that I will be using to curate playlists and for you to discover new music. Now, you can subscribe to the page for as little as $2.50, literally the price of a coffee. So you should be able to (laughs) afford it, especially if you're paying for Spotify and all these expensive ass streaming services, okay? The difference with Currents FM though is that all the profits go directly to all the artists that I'm talking about and that I love listening to. So definitely check out the full playlist of this Asian diaspora um, sound that I've been talking about today. Um, And just go vibe to it. Something, some good music to quarantine to. And hopefully it can help you get your mind off of everything that's happening. Uh, As always, make sure... You are following club management. You can follow me on Twitter at Shannon1DJ. I'm also on Instagram, OA underscore YA underscore girl. And make sure you're following club management on all of the necessary channels. Soundcloud.com slash club management one. Mixcloud.com slash club management one. We're on Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, and the TuneIn app. Just type in club management. I'll see you guys in the next episode.